Hello, so this is Glenn Harold, and this is my next podcast. And this podcast is going to be on authentic spiritual living. And because that is such a big subject, I've got a very special guest on this week. And that guest is my son, Lee Harold, who's also a, a hypnotherapist. And he's working with a lot of clients at the moment. And just to give you a little bit more about Lee, he's also... Uh, been involved with the Krishna consciousness movement for quite a long time and has uh, read the Bhagavad Gita extensively and spent time at the uh, Bhaktivedanta Manor in London which is the Hare Krishna temple it's the main temple in London and so yeah Lee's got a lot of experience now in hypnotherapy and also in things of a spiritual matter so without further ado I'm going to bring on Lee Hello to you, Lee. Hello. That was um, yeah, pretty amazing introduction there. You should have done a speech at my wedding. Wedding, maybe. <laughs> That's really good. Well, That's I've got lovely. to pick you up. You're my son. Yeah, yeah sounds so good. It's got to be a good yeah. one, isn't it? So, Lee. <laughs> so, with that title, authentic spiritual living, what does that mean to you, and how do you achieve that? How do you actually live a spiritually authentic life? Yeah. Okay. That's a really good question. I think that is something. Um, there's always an aspiration for me and I think it's something that you're not, it's not something you necessarily get good at, but you uh, become more authentic over time. That should be the goal. And obviously we've got lots of challenges being in this body as human beings. We have emotions, desires, all these different things that can pull us different ways. Um, but I think for us, striving for authenticity and trying to do the best we can and aspiring to do that, even if we're not perfect, um, is ultimately the goal. So what, what was it then uh, in your life? What happened in your life to align you with that path? So, so kind of what I mean by that is, you know, because you go through life, especially when you're a young man, you go through life where you're, you know, often on the materialistic treadmill where you want to acquire things, you want to have a nice flash car. And, you know, as you said to me before, you grew up in Essex, which is one of the most sort of... Um, uh, materialistic places in England and you yeah. know for fashion and that kind of thing so what was it that got you away from that sort of materialistic well, treadmill into the spiritual seeking treadmill? yeah it's a good question again so I think um, I think I've always been happy I don't think that was necessarily an issue for me um, but my happiness was through uh, like entertainment kind of like most people really you know finish work on a Friday go out with friends or to the cinema and you know I still do those things um but th there's a ceiling there as to where you can there's a big difference between happiness and, and pleasure right that a lot of the time it gives you pleasure you know or I still like enjoying watching a good film these days or um yeah you know do, doing those different pastimes but I, I wasn't I, I was quite happy but I knew there was more I thought well there, is this it because this can't just really be it in life there must be something deeper there and um, I remember I was on Old Street in North, North London and I met one of the um, Hare Krishna devotees and they stopped me and they was kind of asking me a little bit about my life and I was talking to them and this guy seemed really happy and I looked in his eyes and he had something really special that you could tell he'd cultivated not something he'd bought or something that he had um yeah even kind of like um yeah just just got it was something that he had acquired over a, a period of time 
and he just looked happy he looked glowing and I was like wow this is really nice what you've got um whatever it is and I wanted to know more about it so um I, I went up to to the temple uh, their temple in um, Hertfordshire and I was kind of seeing how these guys live and how they was living that authentic spiritual life and I think the spiritual rewards for the kind of daily practice, the commitment, um, you know, in some ways the austerities was fueling the happiness they had inside. So it's all internal. Mm. The point and the message here is that guy's happiness come from within, whereas my pleasure was coming from without. And yes. it's in this life, it's it's kind of getting the balance in daily life of, of making sure most of our happiness is coming internally. Mm. And also enjoying the external pleasures as well, mm. but but mostly fueling that within within ourselves. Yeah, because that's the one thing I notice with the Krishna guys that they are living uh, what to me at times seems like a really austere life, where they're you know up very very early in the morning, like four o'clock, and uh, they're they're chanting and praying and and then giving themselves uh, to others, you know, being of service mm. and living that really. It seems to be uh, austere, but then they have this happiness and this, you know, peace within them that makes you think, well, maybe it's worth getting up well, at four in, you, in the morning. Do and, you know what? I'm, yeah. And doing uh, that work. Exactly. I think, um, you know, I stayed there for, um, I think it was 10 days. And um, I thought to myself at the beginning, oh, you know, early mornings at like three o'clock and, you know, um, not the comforts of my own home. Am I going to be okay? It was in the middle of summer, so it was really, really hot at the time. I remember there was a heat wave at the time. And I've it was spontaneous. I remember going there on the Sunday and someone said, oh, we've got a 10-day course over the next 10 days where you can stay here and experience what it's like to be a monk. And um, I said, yeah, yeah, fine, I'll, I'll come in the morning. So I, I drove home, got my staff, and then I drove back early in the morning. And it was about an 50 yeah about a 50 minute drive at the time so it's spontaneous and I decided to do it and um yeah I had a bit of bit of time on my hands um back then so I thought I want to give it a go and I remember being about three or four days in and getting used to the early mornings um getting used to kind of working and doing different kind of services and duties cleaning the toilets cleaning the men's um dormitories and all these different things that I'd never have done before and on a material platform, you know, those things could be hard. You know, you don't really want to be cleaning up after other guys and all this. But I remember after three or four days, the 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 the, the prem they call it the prem, which means love in Sanskrit. The the prem started coming, and that feeling of that devotional service, I felt inside of myself a deep love. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't quite understand the mechanics of how it happened, but the smile within started manifesting to the smile without. And I was really enjoying living a basic, simple life in the mood of service and love. So that's the real takeaway from this, isn't it? It's that, you know, even if you're scrubbing the toilets or you're doing some really menial, you know, tough job, if you're doing it with a level of consciousness and, you know, you're really present with that activity yeah, and doing it from a connection to the divine, you know, you've got that connection to the divine it's it doesn't matter you're you're enjoying that moment you're even if it seems like a tough job you're you're in it and you're enjoying it you're present and you're present so whatever you're doing whatever kind of work you've got to do that you don't fancy if you do it with that mindset you've got this amazing connection 
Yeah, and it's, it's a g- it's a really good point. I mean, I you know what I've taken away from that is you know I love cleaning now. And <laughs> if you remember when I was a kid, when I used to he didn't, you know when I was he like, didn't like cleaning. <laughs> I used then, to leave all my clothes you. everywhere, and Dad would be like, "Look, pick would, your joggers up and stuff." And that that was how it was for me. I you know I didn't want to clean like I was now. Thanks to the Bhagavad Gita, yeah. Lee loves cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, due to a lot of the wisdom and stuff that I learned, it, you know, through this process, um. Yeah, I love cleaning like on a Saturday morning now. I love putting on my mantras and chanting and getting so, in a meditative state and, and cleaning the house because it doesn't have to be something you don't want to do. You can turn it into a spiritual process. So how would you, um, you know, relay that to somebody who wants to be in that? What would they have to do to get into that mindset so that whatever they're doing in their day, they do it from a, you know, heart-centered place and they're, they're able to enjoy it? Yeah, good. Yeah, okay, cool. So... Like reading lots of different spiritual literature from different kind of parts of the world and uh, different philosophies, the kind of conclusion I have come to is is um, there's different things going on here. I think committing to like a daily spiritual practice is very important. Mm-hmm. I know that serves me nicely. And what, what would that be in particular? Um, so, you know, I've, I've got friends and I know people that, for instance, are really big on like the breathing, like the Wim Hof breathing. A lot of people doing that at the moment. Um, there's also uh, like mantras. For me, that's my kind of gateway into raising my consciousness. Reciting a mantra through uh, a form of meditation or also, also just kind of putting a, a mantra on YouTube and chanting along mm-hmm. with my daily duties. I find the, the sound vibration in these mantras for me are so powerful and it's a real gateway and I can be feeling, I can wake up and feel a little bit unmotivated or kind of, um, yeah, a little bit kind of stuck. And I'll go into a practice of chanting, maybe for sort of 15 minutes, half an hour. Mm. And I'll come out the other side completely different. So so that's the spiritual practice. That's, that's the set up first thing that gets yeah. you in that, that mindset. They call it sadhana. Sadhana yeah. uh, is a Sanskrit word for like your daily commitment of spiritual practice. And that could be wow. lots of different things, you know. Um, I done some uh, om chanting the other day, which which was really amazing. Where I was chanting om in in a kind of circle in uh, with a group of people, and it, it, I've never done it before. I thought I'll give it a go. I'm quite kind of open minded to try new things, and I come out the other side. Wow! So now that's in my sadhana. That's now in my daily practice mm. because it, it was so incredible, you know. And um, so that's one thing here and. Other things are, you know, our activities coming from more of a, a mood of service, yeah. which, um, you know, seva uh, is the Sanskrit word for that. And that's kind of cultivating um, more of a mood of, of serving people around you. And, you know, you can say what you do there. You do that once a week down at the soup kitchen, don't you? With yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah. Lee's down there with his wife, Cavi, in there, um, you know, serving food to homeless people and people who are you know, uh, under the breadline. Yeah. So that's a one way of being of service. You know, there's there's lots of ways, isn't there? And there's lots of ways. Even just, um, you know, again, like, f- for me, I never liked cooking or anything like that or preparing anything. I just kind of had that sort of, I don't know, when I was a young lad, I just... His, his mum looked after him well. Yeah, that was I had it. a good mum. So he didn't have to do too much. Amazing food for me. <laughs> and and but But now, like, kind of rustling something up, even if it's like a salad for some for someone nice and kind of offering it in a sort of uh, in a mood mm. 
of of being of service there's maybe someone you love or or even a stranger someone that comes to your home preparing something nice them and 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 uh, having that kind of sweetness to it and that was one thing I always noticed from the temple when I went there um a lot of the guys would be so sweet to me they'd prepare me food they would ask if I'm okay they'd get me a drink we would sit and have conversation and these these monks and these devotees were so sweet and I just I thought wow I want to be with these guys you know these guys are understanding the secrets of life here and so that that's what I kept with me afterwards and and I try um to imply that today so that's that's the thing isn't it it's it's learning this stuff but then it's also um you know implementing it into your everyday life yeah we have the, the tendency to forget yeah 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 you go on a, a weekend course or something you get you know you learn mindfulness or how to sing a mantra or whatever but then you come away and you get back into real life but the thing to do is to really you know uh you know bring these things into your everyday life and make it a part of your life so that yeah, when you get up, like Lee was saying, you're, you know, you're doing a mantra or you're, you know, practicing yoga. My thing is I do a little bit of yoga first thing in the morning and exercise and that normally gets the heaviness out of my system and, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. So, and it, and it also gets you um, into a state of mindfulness because when you do yoga or whatever it is, you, you're there, you're in it at that time. Yeah. And, and then from there on, so then if you do have to clean the toilets or wash up yeah. or do whatever you have to do, you've still got that mindset you're carrying that into your day and presence you know, yeah. presence yeah and it's a good good setup isn't yeah it? absolutely i know it's a big difference and the rewards are there you know you go through life feeling you know more contentment more ha- happier you know and when you're helping others and being of service you f- that makes you feel good doesn't it yeah yeah it's a lovely feeling and you know it's that ripple effect as well you know when you put it out there other people benefit from it and they get uplifted so it's, you know, it's something you have to work at, but it's part of the spiritual journey, isn't it? Yeah. And I, and I love the, you know, the other big teaching in Krishna consciousness is about detachment. And this is another good thing to bring into your everyday life to help you journey through life. Because, you know, especially in this day and age where every life is so up and down and so uh, changing, it's so changeable. You never know what to expect one day from the next but if you can really work on that detachment thing and so whatever comes along, whatever hits you, you know, good or bad, you can react to it in, a, in the same way without getting emotionally charged up. And, you know, you, you practice uh, this, this uh, nice philosophy. Fin- yeah. Yeah. So, Lee, what would you like to add to that? You know, the thing of detachment. Yeah. Yes. It's, uh, I mean... <laughs> At the moment, like you say, circumstances and, you know, the world's changing all the time. Um, The more I think we practice, um, you know, kind of spiritual life and bringing that to the forefront of our mind and our endeavor and things, I think that we build um, a strength. You know, it's like out there can still be a battlefield at times, but we can be coated with the armor and with the protection going into that. So I think that that naturally gives you a sense of being more grounded. The more you practice spiritual life and you kind of focus your attention and keep your vibration higher, the circumstances can still be the same out there, but we can have a sort of sense of fluidity and the ability to move through them and around them and navigate our way around them with, you know, ideas or kind of concepts that will keep us... um, 
not affected by those things because we can't always change circumstances life mm. happens right yeah the good the bad it's 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 how it is but spiritual practice keeps us not as attached to the outcome yeah that's the, that's the work isn't it it's yeah. the work that's the thing that um you know the more i know the more i connect with my spirituality and work on that side of myself i i find that when you know something stressful comes along I'm much more able to deal with that because I'm in that spiritual mindset and, um, you know, just that higher consciousness state where I just accept, you know, this is the 3D world that is very changeable and dark and light and mm. and you, you learn to um, navigate it so much better. Sometimes, you know, if you have a number of things that hit you at once, very stressful things, you know, they're, they're the times when it can be the hardest because, you know, everyone's got a limit. But I think, you know, that's the time when you need to pull yourself out of it and focus on meditation in particular more yeah. than ever. Or, you know, if chanting's your thing, then chant at those times. But always remember that, you know, our, even if life's getting really tough and really intense, or especially when it gets to those times, that's when you need to really focus on your spiritual work and your spiritual practices. Mm. Because that's the time that challenges us the most, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a very good point. So, um, so are there any other takeaways that you can give people for living an authentic spiritual life? Yeah. Um, a quote I love, um, I think it was from Buddha was above all else, seek good company. Mm. I like that one association. Very important. Um, you know, keeping positive influences in your life. And, um, I, I found when I was keeping really, really good association and, mixing with people that are kind of quite elevated in in a spiritual sense or not even in a spiritual sense but just kind of choosing the right activities and things it would steer you in a different direction mm. and i think that that would always be very very powerful mm. um, for me you know when i would i'd come away and i'd learn new things or, or be around someone that had a positive influence um on the people around them and I would, I'd, I'd feel amazing. Yeah. You know, I mean, instantly, if, if you're around someone that's very negative all the time, of course, we always try to help other people. But sometimes it can wear us down ourselves, you know, mm. and it, it's not always conducive. That's a that really way. important point to remember that, you know, it's good to be of service to others and to help others, but it's also important for your own spiritual self-worth to, uh, you know, have firm boundaries so that if somebody is, you know, turns into a bit of a leech and, you know, I get that sometimes in my work. I like to help people, I like to answer emails and, you know, um, give as much as I can. But sometimes people want to take too much and, and I have no qualms at cutting them off, you know, and saying, look, enough. You know, I had to do that last week, in fact. You know, a lady was just <laughs> just pushing it too much and I'd given, given a lot and so I had to cut it, cut it dead. And um, so... Yeah, the message in that is it's also about being a warrior, you know, in yourself that you're not afraid to tell people, you know, no, enough. I'm not going to put up with it anymore. Yeah. yeah, That's an important part of it. You know, the the whole teaching of the Bhagavad Gita is about Krishna on the battlefield and how he's having to face his demons and fight uh, dark forces and that kind of thing. And it's a it's a metaphor, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, you, yeah, it's you're, amazing You'll know story. more about that than yeah, me. Yeah, it's an amazing story and... That's the thing, I think, with spiritual teachings as well. When I read stories, um, you know, you kind of take the part 
that you need from it. You know, if if we was all to read a quote or a philosophy or um, some direction in spiritual life, we'd all take something different from it. Mm. You know, it's a quote would maybe speak to you differently how it'd speak to me. And I think that there's there's miracles and this knowledge all around. You know, it's just it's just it's it's everywhere. It's taking the the essence of it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and so I think you know to sort of round up, we're sort of twenty minutes in, aren't we? So I'm going to um, uh, round it up is to say that. Um, you know, it's a work in progress, isn't it? The spiritual path is a work in progress. And it's something that you have to, you know, just in the same way that if you wanted to build a fit, healthy body, you go to the gym three or four times a week, you'd work out and you tone up. And the spiritual work is the same. You know, what you put in is what you're going to get out of it. And, you know, ultimately, I think it's the most important thing we can do on this journey. You know, we've got the gift of life and we've got free will in this life. Um, but ultimately it's the our spiritual growth that is the thing that will you know help us at the end of life and help mm. us prepare for death as well that's another big part of spiritual teaching isn't it um george harrison always talked about that didn't he yeah. the Beatles was immersed in spiritual life and yeah i was reading about him last he, night he was like one of the biggest influences for me like he's just incredible and yeah. how um you know he had all the money and the fame and these things and pursued for him, the most important thing was spiritual life. And I think that's something we always need to work on. Yeah, I love that quote from George where he said that he, until he read the autobiography of a yogi, he he realized he, his, his life had been a complete waste Yeah. up until he read that. And he'd been in the Beatles before that. Yeah. But he said as soon as he read that book, it transformed his knowledge and his wisdom. And it just gave him amazing meaning, meaning to life and um so that was it so if yeah. george can you know think that he'd wasted his life in the beatles and then got a spiritual enlightenment through a book that you know there's hope for all of us yeah something i want to be working on forever you know um yeah i think that's the thing that that's the, i i hope and i pray i can you know it's, well, it's one of those things once I've, you once you go through that door you don't come back out of it do you because you know you have to live a more authentic life yeah you can't cheat or take shortcuts because you know you're only cheating yourself ultimately yeah so you have to um you know be authentic in as gandhi said in mind action deed and word oh, cool. yeah. that's the ultimate thing so well thank you very much lee yeah that's that a pleasure thank I, you I love it. and i so can much. honestly say you know lee's my son but i can honestly say that he lives an authentic spiritual life probably as much as anyone i know oh he really does you know i don't know about that that's nice though <laughs> no i mean you do you know i mean he, when you were a young man you used to go out night clubbing and drinking and doing all the things young men do in england but nowadays you're on that path and you you walk it authentically you really do so yeah it was thank it was you great having you on talking about that and we'll do another one if if people like this we'll do another one and what I always do in the podcast, I always finish with um, a nice recording to help you. You can either switch off now or you can listen to a nice meditation. And the one today is called Mindfulness Meditation for Higher Consciousness. And it's a 20-minute track that I made with Russ Davey. And so if you get yourself nice and relaxed now, headphones on, if you've not got them on, or you don't have to, but it's always better through headphones, get comfortable and drift away with the relaxation and it will get you into that higher consciousness place so take care and i'll see you again soon
Welcome to this mindfulness meditation recording which has been designed to help you raise your consciousness and experience life with a new awareness. Now begin to focus on your breathing. Follow the flow of air as you inhale and exhale. As you breathe in, feel the air flowing in through your nose or mouth to the back of your throat and gradually expand your lungs as they fill with air. And as you breathe out, feel your body soften releasing any tension. Allow your body to feel more relaxed and more peaceful with each breath. I want you to imagine now that you are standing on a beautiful tranquil beach on a warm summer's night and there is a beautiful full moon up above you in the night sky. You watch the reflection of the full moon shining on the surface of the water as the calming waves gently lap to the shore. You feel very safe and secure now as the moonlight illuminates the white sandy beach all around you. And as you listen to the calming sound of the waves, You feel a gentle warm breeze against your skin and notice the soft sand beneath your toes. And you feel so good now as you look up to the stars in the beautiful indigo sky. You notice the way that each star sparkles uniquely as its light passes through the atmosphere at the end of its journey to the earth. And this light reminds you that all energy in the universe is intertwined and interconnected. And you sense this is a magical healing place And in this blissful state of presence, I want you to imagine that with each breath you take, you are breathing in the energy of the universe, in through your heart chakra 
in the middle of your chest. And as you breathe out, you breathe out love. Just connect with a feeling of love and peace. And as you do this, you sense a feeling of gratitude. Immense gratitude. And with a grateful, loving heart, you can simply rest in this moment. as you feel connected and at peace with everything around you. You feel a deep sense of inner peace. You feel a deep sense of And as you experience this subtle change in your awareness, you can now feel connected with the infinite consciousness that shines from within all beings. From each blade of grass to each planet to each star and to the universe itself. Be aware of that infinite consciousness that's in everything. And you can feel a deep sense of love and compassion for all life. For all the animals who live on this planet alongside us. And for every human being. Each one on their own journey experiencing life at different levels of consciousness. And this understanding and feeling of love, kindness and compassion will stay with you now. Just continue to breathe through your heart chakra and feel your consciousness elevate to a higher perspective. Almost as though you are looking at the world from above, from a higher spiritual perspective, where you feel completely connected and at one with the universe. Just stay with that now. You feel connected to your higher self. 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 Thank you.
and your consciousness will awaken more and more to this eternal realm. And your knowledge and understanding will grow. And you will just know that everything is connected and that we are all one. Just expressing consciousness in different ways. And your awareness and vibration will continue to grow. And now it's time to gently stretch your body and open your eyes feeling completely refreshed and relaxed now. And I wish you all the very best. Best wishes.